0: Hallelujah Praise God Thank you Jesus Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Don't get antsy. The Spirit of God says we're almost done. He's dealing with somebody, he's about done. They're listening, he's working. Thank you for your presence here in this place. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives. Thank you for the blood that sanctifies us, makes us holy. God, we thank you. We praise you. We look to lift you up tonight, Jesus. We come and we testify of what you have done. We want to bring honor to you. The faith might stir in this room. Because what you've done once in your death, your burial, your resurrection, your ascension, you did for every single person. So as we testify of that which you have done, Faith stirs in our hearts. What you did for one, you'll do for another. You'll embolden us to testify of your glory. So we desire that you be glorified. You be magnified. So we acknowledge all that you have done in our lives. We do give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good evening, church. How are you? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't you just be seated right now? We're in a time we're moving, you know, some people may say, well, let's just stay. We've waited. We want to obey God and just flow with him. You know, sometimes when you start to talk to somebody, share things intimately, that conversation comes to an end and then you go on about the next step. So in that time, you know, as we are worshiping God, Really, right there at the end, I was just trying to be very sensitive. He said, just, just for a few more minutes, I'm working on somebody who's listening to me, and uh, just give me another minute or two, and I'll be done, and then we can go on. Amen. So I don't know who that was, but we gave you just that extra time for God to finish. And as God was moving, you know, Isaiah says, and we talked about this at the end of, uh, well, a year ago now, that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And it doesn't just mean waiting like we're waiting on God, but as we were there in the presence of God, that waiting means intertwining. It takes time. So some were really waiting on the Lord, and he was entering, mingling in some things of his presence and power in with your heart tonight, that it'll never be the same if you remember that. And even as we're in this place and we're sitting here, you know, the psalmist said it's so wonderful to worship in the beauty of holiness. And certainly we know that God is holy. But in an atmosphere like that, really doesn't matter where you've been, what you've been doing. The essence of the cleansing blood of Jesus just washes everything away. And it's just so beautiful. Because we're not standing there going, well, I can't worship right now. I have all this mess. No, it's all like lifted and it's holy. The presence is holy. The presence is clean, right? Just being in the presence is clean. So we take that time, amen, and we're learning. And somebody, I think, said practicing the presence. So there are going to be times when things come. You're just going to even at home have to get in your prayer closet say, all right, we're just going to start worshiping and usher in that same place. There'll be times when you're with somebody and it's just going to be a difficult time. You're going to say, let's just take time to worship God. And he's going to come in. He's just going to start washing stuff clean. We want to experience this because again, it's something to come together in it and we will and, and some of that revival, but we're going to take it with us. And there's going to be people who are going to be, ah, this is what I've done, and I don't know. And we're going to be able to say, you know what? Let's just take a moment here. And we're going to know how to usher that in. And that same presence and that same cleanness and that same holiness is going to come over. It's just going to be beautiful, right? Holiness isn't about a women wearing a bun and no makeup, long dresses. Holiness is about how pure God is and how the blood of Jesus purifies cleanses makes us whole and there's something in that holiness amen that really uh well it'll rock your world amen and it'll change your want to you just get in and get into that cleanness for a while and then step back out into the world and go yeah and uh Praise the Lord. Amen. And so it's just a wonderful place. Hallelujah. Just a wonderful, wonderful place to be. It's a wonderful time to be with y'all. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we, uh, have just a couple things to do. It's all right for everybody who's still soaking. Just go ahead and soak. It'll be all right if we go on to the next step, you know, and, uh, I believe God will be all right with that because we're going to share some testimony. We're going to do some things and and give glory to God and what he's doing. Amen. But uh, first of all, um, I I have this wonderful sweatshirt on and uh, Alan comes up with stuff that is ever awe-inspiring to Pastor Tasha about shirts. And so come up here for a moment and explain the sweatshirt. And so... It goes along with testifying and making a statement.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) it says, say, restore. And it has this scripture on it. It's Psalm 83. It says, restore us, O God, cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. And so, amen. (laughs) And so I just thought, you know, Alan had brought up the scripture in Isaiah about say, restore. You know, everybody is talking about what, is gone wrong, but who will say restore? And that was just such a word that hit my heart. And so I thought, you know what? We just need a reminder every now and then. We need a reminder. When we're out, when things are, are looking bad or looking discouraging. We need a reminder. And what do we say? When we say restore, what do we say? Well, this is a good one. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Cause your face to shine. Lord, turn this situation around. God, restore us. So I just put these together. Say restore and this scripture's on it. So we have them in our bookstore if you want one.
0: (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. So they just got in the bookstore today so you can get Uh, one of these in the bookstore, and uh, it'll be a great conversation piece for you to declare what God is doing uh, in your life, in our life, as we are testifying of the restoration of Jesus. Amen. If you weren't here uh, this morning or weren't prepared with your local church tithes and offerings, I want to give you an opportunity to give. Make it out of check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you can buy cash or debit or credit card, uh, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. We're always so thankful uh, for Your giving and uh, your generosity, and uh, great things are happening. Praise the Lord. Are you all leaving? I thought they were testifying. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It just caught me by surprise because he asked me this morning if they were testifying. I said, well, sure, they could testify. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, why don't we go ahead and pass those buckets? Just go ahead. We call it blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so I got a couple of uh, scriptures and the word of God. and I love this. Um, Just sometimes comes up in, in my daily praise and confession. The 103rd Psalm, and it has to do with really being able to give testimony, or what testimony will help us to do. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, forget not all of his benefits. The one who forgives all your iniquities, somebody say, All my iniquities. Who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise the Lord. There's something in what you say that renews your youth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so it's a great time. Uh, testimony is a great time to remember and to praise God for all of his benefits. Amen. And uh, what if he did it for you, he'll do it uh, for somebody else. And so we're going to take just a few moments because the youth have their meeting. And so uh, which one of y'all, they had an the encounter as well as they were in uh, the meeting last night with uh, Jim Hockaday. And so um, who's going to give a testimony? Don't everybody move at once. All right. Hannah, Hannah, Bobana. Praise the Lord.
2: All right. Mine's a little bit, it was before Encounter, but it was about Encounter. So I had a friend, a new friend that went to a basketball game with me because I didn't want to go alone and all my friends play. And they were like, come and support. And I was like, sure. So she came with me. And we got to talking, and she was telling me a little bit about her life. And she's currently going through a court case with family, and a lot of stuff is happening right now. She starts crying. And I tell her, I was like, okay. She's grew up around church, been around a little church in Parachute that I go to on Wednesday nights. And she was talking to me. I was like, hey, this might sound crazy. But I have this event coming up. It's in two weeks. Talk to your mom. You need to be there. She was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to sound crazy, but you need to be there. Like, right now, I feel like you need to be there. So she's crying. She gets out. She's like, I'll talk to my mom. So as soon as she got out of the car, while I was driving, so like, for those of you that don't know, parachutes downtown, I live up in Battlement, so there's a little bit of a drive before I get home. And I just started praying, God, please get her there. She needs to be there. She needs to be there. Next thing I know, I'm crying. I'm screaming. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm at my house. In it's like a 7 minute drive. I don't remember the drive at all. I don't remember the drive at all. But the entire time I was just I just remember praying in tongues and praying in tongues that she needed to be there. She had to be there that and I was screaming at the devil, "Get your hands off of her. Get out of her mind. Get away from her anxiety." Now, her mom is very protective part of what has happened. And she's always been one of those parents that just needs a little extra time, you know, you want to hang out a week's notice, something like that. I got home, and I looked at my phone as soon as I parked, and I had a text that said, sign me up. She said yes. And we signed her up, we paid for her, we got her there, and it was just amazing. She had an amazing experience, and God changed her life that night. So...
0: Who else? Praise the Lord. Nobody else. Nobody else going once going twice. All right. You can go to your meeting. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. What? Who wants to follow that? Well, we we have a little bit of uh, order here that we're gonna uh, follow just a little bit. Praise the Lord. And so open your Bibles with me just a moment to Acts the 14th chapter. Acts the 14th chapter. Praise the Lord. And so if you know the 13th chapter, it says now that the church that was at Antioch, there are certain prophets and teachers, and it goes on to name them. And at that point that they were together praying and fasting, uh, God said uh, to the whole group, uh, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. And they laid hands on them and separated them. And then Paul and Barnabas went out and uh, they ministered uh, in, in so many different places. In verse 27, it says this, it says, now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that the God, all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Amen. And so, uh, Tony has just been, uh, to India and Nepal, uh, on a two week trip, about two weeks, right? And, uh, And um, so we're going to, she's going to start off and just uh, testify of what God did while they were in India and Nepal, because you have a part in that. Uh, We sow into that. You have a a vital part in that. So to know when uh, we send out missionaries, send out teams, that uh, it's not just them out there. You're a part You're part of the fruit that takes place, and so it's good for you to know that God is doing something uh, really through you, through your prayers, through your giving, through uh, the linking of the church. And so even that, they came back, gathered the church together to say, you all sent us out, and this is what God is doing as a result of that. Then when Tony's done, uh, you see all of these things right here. Tony's going to finish, and then uh, Jamie's going to come up, and she's going to tell us, really what God is doing uh, with these the, the idea that he gave her, these truth be bears. They, they used to be something else. Anyway, I'll let her tell you. She'll testify of that and, and bring a report of that. And then we're going to pray over these bears. And then uh, y'all are going uh, to bring some testimony. So we're going we're to get moving here. Um, so Tony, come on. And um, we'll all have to really work on our time here. Hallelujah.
3: I was asking him if I could combine my testimony with my report. And he said, I could if I do it quick. And I'm, I'm an expert at doing stuff quick. So because it's the church's 31st anniversary, or Pastor Mark's 31st anniversary, um, it reminded me of, of part of my testimony almost 31 years ago. Um, pastor Mark had just become our pastor. And um, I had been in the church five years. And, you know, I woke up one morning and my husband, who was 44 years old, had gone to heaven. He had a heart attack suddenly. And, of course, I called Pastor Mark and he came over. And it was quite a shocking thing. I had children from age 4 to age 21. And I remember that day, you know, feeling like uh, we're going to die. You know, like I, I don't know what we're going to do. It's, it, we're, I'm powerless and we're hopeless. But, you know because of being in a church like this, because of being under a pastor who had taught me the word, because of being surrounded by a family, you know, God began to put that call in me. And so that's what led to 25 years on the mission field, which to me, doing things I never thought I would do or I ever thought I could do. And, you know, it's I wanted to testify that because it's the faithful, it's the fruit of Pastor Mark and Tasha's faithfulness for saying, yes, we would pastor the church, the, the, the faith of taking somebody who uh, was all shook up like that, like we were, and shepherding us through that situation and, and growing and, and building those seeds... I was are part of what I carry to other people, and so going back to Nepal um, after three years, being having meetings where we had graduates come. You know, I just can't explain to you how going up and seeing somebody coming up and hugging me, and oh, you can, sometimes you can't even remember their names because we have over nine hundred graduates, and I told them to wear name tags, but they didn't. But you know, it didn't matter if I knew their name; I knew them, and just seeing the fruit of what was sown growing and going on and seeing people like this was a particular graduates meeting. So like I told the team that was with me, these these aren't just average people. These are people that have committed to the word, committed to the spirit, been faithful to follow God are ministering in different places or affecting other people. And so being able to see that faithful seeds that were planted in me now are being planted in others who are planting them in others. And I just wanted to share that because you guys, we all we all have a story and we all have a call and we all have um, seeds that have been planted in us that are, are we're responsible to plant into others. And so, yeah, it was an exciting time. We had uh, meetings in India, meetings in Nepal, but mostly it was great just to see um and here, and, I'm, and I got some, my team working on some film testimonies just to be able to see graduates that came up to me and said, you know, we're married now. They, they got married. And I'm like, oh, you really are? And yeah, you know, all the stuff that we learned, pastors coming and saying like your, your people uh, in our church have done this, this, and that. And so the word of God goes on. The faithfulness of God goes on as we're faithful. But thank you guys for being a part of it, and you've always been a part of it. In fact, it wouldn't even be happening. My life would have never gone the way it went if it wouldn't have been for Pastor Mark just teaching me and being patient. And we all have a testimony like that, right? So anyway, thank you, Pastor Mark and Tasha. And my fruit is your, our fruit (laughs) all of our fruit, and there's so much more to come. Amen? So. Amen.
4: Good evening, church. I'm so excited to be here tonight. You know, six years ago, I started Justice Cry, and I remember sitting down with Pastor Mark, and this was a dream of mine. I lost a baby at five months, and through that, that's why I started Justice Cry, because I decided the devil would repay me, and I said a hundred thousand times, I know it says seven, but I said, you will repay me back for the life you took, and that's what you're seeing here, and you all are a part of that. Uh, Something Pastor Mark said this morning about, uh, um, it's such an honor, I think you said the greatest honor. To pastor this church, and that's how I feel about Justice Cry is I am so honored with the testimonies I receive on a daily basis of where these bears are going and what they're doing in people's lives. It's the life of God that changes situations. I don't need to know where this bear is going to and specifically pray for that thing. It's the life of God how many years have I been sitting here and we stare awkwardly at the person next to us and say, the life of God dwells in me. The life of God dwells in you. Therefore, we have victory in every situation, every circumstance, every place. And that's what these bears are about. I I made a list because I, I don't even know how to choose the testimonies I want to give. There's some weeks I'm so broken by the pain that's going on. I'll even I'll sign up for craft fairs just to talk to people. I'll sign up for craft fairs just to say, "Hey, they have 100, you know, 60 minutes of healing scriptures inside," and people just start bawling. My daughter, this and this, and we'll pray and we'll believe, and they take a bear, and sure enough, a week, two weeks, maybe a year later, I get a picture. And so these bears go to every age, every situation. And uh, <clears throat> we just went to a nursing home. We went to two nursing homes on Christmas Day. And uh, one, of the, one testimony from that day I'll never forget. We went into this, this woman's room. She's in a wheelchair, unresponsive, completely unresponsive. We put the bear next to her ear, She pops up and screams, this bear just told me I'm healed. This bear just told me I'm healed. Hallelujah, Jesus Christ, this bear. And I mean, completely changed, completely different from when we walked in. I will never forget that moment. Completely dormant, unresponsive. We said, hey, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna bear? You wanna bear? And we have so many cool things, the nursing home. We'll do that every Christmas. There is nothing better, truly nothing better. Um, we've had bears that have um, been held in the last moments of life and uh, several actually. And it's one of my greatest, I mean, I cry every time I get a text like that. Someone very close to me here actually uh, um, that, that happened and, and just going to heaven with the word of God Going to heaven with the word of God. A couple years ago, I had someone, uh, she died holding the bear, but in her last, uh, what she wanted for her, her celebration of life was for bears to be available for the people who come to her celebration of life. And we did. We got 20 bears to other people who said, I actually have the same thing she has, the same kind of cancer. It, it was unreal. It's like she knew. Um, <clears throat> we've had... Bears go to, uh, I had a little girl, twins actually, and the little girl died and they were three and the little boy and his older sister could not go to sleep in their own beds. They slept with the parents and I mean, this went on for about a year and uh, we got them bears and I got a text two days later and she said, it's a miracle. They've never, we've never been able to get them out of the bed in the last year. They're sleeping in their own rooms now This is where these bears are going. Um, I've had parents call and say, night terrors. If we play the bear, the night terrors are gone. It's the word of God. It's the life of God. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. Uh, I mean, I, I got bears to a mom. They were actually having demonic activity in their home. And she said, I just, I'll do anything. I'll take bears, whatever. Okay, word of God, cool. Well, about a week later, she calls and says, uh, you know, I had a migraine. And my four-year-old and my six-year-old come up and say, Mom, you were healed in the name of Jesus. And she goes, I was instantly healed by my kid's faith. And I said, how's the demonic activity? (laughs) She goes, it's gone. It's gone. This is what these bears, it's not the bears, it's the word of God. It's the Word of God, truly the coolest thing. The coolest thing any of us could ever be a part of is getting the Word of God into these situations. Um, and then I just have one more if we have, have is that okay? Oh, I could make it, re- I don't know. I'll be really fast. I feel like I'm talking fast. I'm trying. I get so excited about these bears um, one personally, um, I was speaking at a church, I had two churches to speak to, and uh one on a Sunday morning, one on a Sunday night, and I had bears with me. Well, that Saturday night, my son falls from a 12-foot loft, and I run over to him, he won't get up, he won't move, and his head is swollen about this far out. And he I everything hurts. And I was telling Pastor Mark this testimony, I could feel, I could feel that lion roaming about, looking to see who he could devour, waiting for me to say, why isn't this not working? And uh, I laid my hands on him and I heard God say, if you bring him to the emergency room, he will have 16 things wrong with him. If you stay right here with me, I will heal him all night long, all night long. I laid on the floor next to him on the couch and I said, you will be a testimony. This is a testimony. And I had it. I took a bear out, we played it. I'd fall asleep, he'd wake up. Oh, morning, morning, morning. You will be a testimony in the morning. This head will be back. You will walk, he couldn't walk. I said, you will walk into that church. You will walk, I don't care how tired I am, I don't care if I have makeup on. I am going and I'm telling this church and the other church about these bears. I will not be stopped. This is a testimony. Long story short, through that, you know, I said, God, I'm so tired with this Uh, What else do I do? I've been standing. I've been standing. And he said, you've put on the full armor of God to resist the enemy. You've stood your ground, comma, stand. You don't move from that spot. You stand. And I said, all I could remember, by your stripes, he is healed. By your stripes, he is healed. You are testimony. By your stripes, he is healed. We walked in to the church He was totally healed, you couldn't even tell, completely 100% healed. That is the word of God, when we take him at his word. Yeah. One thing I will ask is when we pray, if we could pray for the first responders and the police, oftentimes I'll meet them at gas stations and things, and just in the past week, two of them said, this is the worst abuse case I've ever seen. I cried all weekend. And so they're dealing with horrendous things.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. And so you can ask Jamie uh, a testimony with her son. There's a little bit more to that, how the enemy bombarded her. And for me personally, because we, we talked about this this morning, she had to ever be conscious of God and what God was saying because she was getting pulled to... No, you're going to be, they're going to get you because you're going to be neglect, all this stuff, and that's bombarding her mind. What do I do? What do I do? But she kept going over to what the spirit of God was saying. Anyway, it turned out with that great testimony. Amen. So if I could have our our leaders and our staff come up and get around some of these bears and we're all, then all of you stand up here and stretch out your hands here. Our mission here at New Creation Church is to love, lift, and reach people. And so even going into this year, I was saying, God, you know, uh, we have our different outreaches and extended table and stuff, but how can we reach farther? How can we reach into uh, some areas that we've not really reached into? And uh, uh, really, I believe the Spirit of God said, I want you to partner with Justice Cry and what they're doing because it's reaching your community. Uh, In a number of ways, you know, with Justice Cry, they're reaching out the sex trafficking, it's been like all over, and uh, Jamie's trying to localize it more. But right here, this is local. This is things that are happening right here. When our our first responders get called out about all kinds of situations, uh, this is going into their lives. And so we're reaching out. There's just other things that you're gonna hear about that we're we're partnering with, where people are really reaching out, and it's part of what we're doing as the mission of the church. And so uh, I just tell you that, so that as we're praying for over these bears, the anointing uh, to be just trapped in these bears. When it goes, they're already anointed with the word, but also with the anointing of the spirit of God, that just when they make contact, man, that anointing goes in. The healing power goes in, word and spirit in this, amen? And so even as she hands those off to the first responders and they don't know, anointing on it makes contact with them. And even as they're, they're reaching out to say, I want to give this to this child or this family, uh, in their heart, there's an anointing that's helping them, that's working with them, that's strengthening them. All right. so let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We lay hands on these bears right now. Father, we just thank you and we command the anointing of the Spirit of God to flow into each and every one of these bears as we lay hands on them, as we as a church agree. Father, that it saturates even as those claws that were taken from uh, Paul's body uh, was brought and healing came to their bodies and Spirits left them. And as Jamie's testified, so many are dealing with demonic. Spirits haunting, taunting, uh, uh, really uh, harassing and even inflicting punishment and pain upon them. And so we thank you by the anointing of the Spirit of God making contact with these bears. There will be an anointing that breaks yokes of bondages. Demons and demon spirits will have to flee. And the Word of God will begin to saturate and go into their heart. And when the anointing comes and breaks the yoke, the Word will be poured in to solidify and cause them to be steady fast in their healing, in their restoration, and in their freedom. So we thank you, Lord, as the Spirit comes to bring deliverance and to bring healing, even so the Word will work together as the Spirit and the Word agree. And there will be a totality of healing, a totality of deliverance and freedom come to each and every one who comes in contact with these bears. We thank you, Lord, as you have called those to give their life and to go out every day, those first responders who are responding to these situations and traumatic situations that they view with their eyes, that they touch with their hands, they experience with their bodies in holding these children and experiencing the the, the trauma that takes place, God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit of God. As they come in contact, even with these bears, as Jamie ministers to them, that the anointing will come over them and the spirit and the angels of the covenant will guard round about them and protect them that no matter what they've seen or experienced that could be traumatic and used as a weapon of the enemy, We bind the enemy. We rebuke the enemy from inflicting any pain upon these who minister, who bring help and bring healing to those who are distressed. God, we pray over those first responders. We pray for life. We pray for angels to guard round about them. And the anointing of God to jump off of these bears and get upon their life to bring freedom and liberty, health and healing, that no demonic uh, uh, oppression would come upon their life. I thank you, Father, that even as they experience this and hear testimonies from families that they give this to, that even some will begin to sneak a listen to the word of God that's in these bears, that even first responders' lives would be changed. They would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Because of the love that you've put in Jamie's heart to reach out and to approach them In a vital area of their job. That that love of God would minister to them in such a way. That the light would shine in their darkness. They would come to know you. Father for every one of these children. These families. They would come to know you as Lord and Savior. Of their life. We thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Glory Glory to God. Praise the Lord. All right, You can be seated. Thank you Jamie. Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? All right, so we're going to open this up. Philemon said this, that you uh, energize or the communication of your faith becomes effective by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ. And so many times a testimony is the good things uh, that God has done in Christ. So I'm going to stand up here. uh, as a monitor. So, Tara, you have one first. All right, come on. Praise the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. She's bringing a notebook. All right, so we might have to do this for a month of Sunday nights.
5: Praise the Lord. Hi, everyone. Okay, first of all, um, God is so good. I mean, I just, uh, I want to constantly be reminded of just how good he is. And every day you get up and you think it's just a normal day. It's not. Because God is, he's so real. And when he does it for us, he does it for all of you. And I guess I personally, and Chad and I together, and my dad, We have to thank our church family. You guys have stood by us. Text messages and prayers, and it's just so awesome to have a church family. It is. I mean, and I guess it. generation after generation, that's, I guess, one of the biggest things that I have learned. I remember walking in on my grandma, and she'd be in the the sunroom, and she'd be praying for her, Kids and grandkids, -grandkids, great-grandkids, great-great, on and on and on. And I'd be going, why is she praying for all these kids she's obviously never going to see. And now I get it. I totally get it. She never got to see my kids. And she has never seen my grandbaby. And I get it now. I totally get it. So as parents, I guess I just want to encourage all of us, keep praying for our kids. It's huge. So to go... um, And I got a list here, so I don't go off track. Um, The situation was um, our oldest daughter kind of wavered um, after high school, after college, and kind of in and out of a kind of a rough situation and um, a relationship that wasn't godly. And the 21st, uh, it was her birthday, actually, of July, she called and told Chad and I 2021 that she was pregnant, and I was super mad at God because I prayed, God, do not let her have a child with this guy. And you know, I I went to a good friend and I just said, I, I need some understanding. I prayed, God, you gotta help me. And I asked a friend, and she said, Well, the only thing that God has given me to tell you is a pastor and his wife had finally had all their kids out of the house. They go on their first vacation, and the wife ends up pregnant. And they're like, seriously, what is going on here? So they both go their separate ways, pray about it, come back. And the wife said, God told me this baby needs to be on the earth at this time for a purpose, and I, am cho- I chose you to be the mom. And your husband to be the dad. And I thought, okay, God, this is totally in your hands. And I just have to tell you, I have never had so much joy as being a grandma. I mean, to look in that little girl's eyes and know that she is the one who brought our daughter back. I mean, it it's so cool. God is so awesome. He is so cool. Um... I guess encouragement, prayer school, I dove into prayer school during this time, prayer school was awesome, all the people that were in prayer school with me, thank you for praying, because there was many a nights we stayed and prayed, and I just, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how awesome, Uh, I want to encourage parents, teach your kids who they are in Christ, I feel like that's one area that I didn't, Chad and I didn't, I mean, I think we did a good job, but it is our job to teach them who they are in Christ. And, and have that confidence that no one should treat them bad. You know, that they, they are the princesses of Christ, you know. Um, there's more to the story. It's not over. There's that godly husband who we've prayed for since I was pregnant with her. And he's coming. And I can't wait to meet him. Um, And God isn't finished, and just like Pastor Tasha said, restoration, and it is so sweet. It is so awesome. Can you say anything?
0: Uh, Just to add to that, the older I get, the more time really goes quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. During the time that our daughter was gone, it felt like it just stood still. And it's, it's amazing to see how... Just as Pastor's sweatshirt says, "Restore." God restored that time back to us, and is restoring that time back to us. So, the time we get with her right now, and she brought a she brought a joy to our life that that is just amazing. So, not she came back, but she also brought a a little baby granddaughter with her. So, that that's awesome. And I guess the moral of the story really is. Uh, don't have
6: kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord.
0: One of these bears is up here talking. I guess this was one of my bears. Well, where are got it. Praise the Lord. All right. Testimony. All right. Praise the Lord. Here's what we can do. If you have a testimony, uh, just come over here and kind of make a line right there. Or if you're on this side, make a line right here. And, uh, then we'll, we'll take them just one at a time here. Here you
7: go. I just love that these testimonies so far, especially Oh, and I'll cry. Um, be, it being the anniversary of you guys taking the church, how much it's about the body. So, so is mine. Um, um, nine years ago, I was diagnosed with MS. And just before um, I was diagnosed, I actually had been having relapses, and I'd had an, uh, an MRI. I had lots of MRIs, but I finally had the one that showed where the lesions were in my spine. And... Um, it was a Friday that I had the MRI and I poured over it just like what is it supposed to look like and what does it look like? And I knew I saw a really significant lesion on my C spine. And I asked my husband, Do you want to know what I saw, or do you want to wait till Monday when we hear it from the doctor? And he was like, I don't know if we're gonna wait and hear it from the doctor. So me and some guy, or Gal who read the MRI, we were the only two people on the planet who knew that I had MS. Um, we came to church on Sunday morning, and Connie Berglund was just sitting behind me in church, and Pastor Mark was praying over prayer class. And um, there was nothing more spectacular than that, except that Connie came up to me after the church service, and she said to me, Okay, maybe this is totally weird, but I was sitting behind you, and when Pastor Mark was praying over prayer class, I saw the anointing on the back of your neck. And I was like, what? I mean, you just don't know, right? Because um, I have an MS lesion on my C-spine. So um, that was awesome. I mean, it was so beautiful that God came to me in that moment and talked to me about, yeah, well, <laughs> let's talk about what my testimony is, right? Um, which report are you going to believe? Um, for seven years, I believed that report that I had MS. I did what the doctors told me to do. I walked, I I just, I did what, where my faith was at. You know, um, I'd gone to this church for probably 15 years up to that point. And um, I just knew, I knew in my heart that if I was going to, survive MS. I mean, it seems like such a big diagnosis then. It doesn't seem like that to me now. Um, I knew that I had to be really careful what I listened to and what words that I heard. And so over the process of seven years, um, I was just really humble with God about where my faith was at and just made sure that I was listening to him and obeying him every step of the way. And there just, there came a point where I knew um, I had to stop taking the drug that I was on. Um, it was just something that he convicted me of, and um, I knew what it was and what it was made of, and I knew that I just needed to stop. And I tell you what, those words that Connie Berglund spoke to me, those were the words that I did warfare with. When I was on my knees, I, which thing was I going to believe? Um, and the drug was supposed to be, you know, when you get off of it, um, it was supposed to have a wicked backlash that your immune system just totally revs, and then you end up with with more lesions. And so I just, you know, you, sometimes you just take a giant step out and just believe God. And um, it's been two years, two and a half years since I stopped taking that drug, and I have any symptom that I had of MS is gone. Any, I, I don't even, I mean, it just occurred to me recently, Jonathan and I were talking about it, I mean, even though that, I'm, I mean, I was just in obedience. I can't, I don't know that I, I felt like it was a slow burn of faith. It wasn't like this huge moment. It was just the one step at a time of obedience and just keep obeying. And um, I just recently, with Jonathan and I were talking about it, that I just recently stopped talking about having a mess or feeling like it, that it belonged to me at all. So, praise all right. God.
8: Many years ago, God called me on a mission trip, and I never had faith to go. And I remember telling him, yeah, I'll go anywhere except the Middle East. Um, Well, I'm going in a couple weeks. And uh, the main thing is I didn't have the faith for the finances for pretty much anything for a really long time. But when it was announced, um, I just broke down and I felt the spirit fall on me that I was called to go. And I just started crying. And uh, he's like, I'm going to pay for it. Don't worry about it. A week later, I'm here in the seats worshiping. And um, Todd taps me on the shoulder. You have something on your seat. And it's an envelope with $100 in it. And I was like, oh. And God immediately was like, this is for your trip. And I'm going to keep bringing it $100 at a time. And he did, and it just kept coming randomly, unknowingly. Some people, and then he had me post on Facebook at one point, and then half the trip was paid, and I'm still going, okay, Lord, I got half the trip, and then God put it on a couple's heart, and they paid the rest. And so I'm going, <laughs> I'm really excited.
0: She's going paid for. So this is really a, a funny uh, part of that um came into Bible school and I was actually a little bit late. And so in Bible school, they're supposed supposed—they're not supposed to be milling around just because I might be a little bit late because sometimes I get a last minute phone call, I'm praying or something like that. And so I walk in and they're all milling around and Milo is hugging people and everybody's crying. And I'm like, okay, we got to get to school. So I said, okay, do you all just remember that you're supposed to be in your seats at seven o'clock? And so we teach and we come to a break and then she's like, Oh, my trip is paid for and it happened like at 7 o'clock and I'm like, okay well you all can mill around just a little bit at 7 o'clock if something like that happens, that'll be alright praise the Lord
9: <laughs> well I have a couple of them actually I have a lot of them but I'm just going to share the ones that have happened to me recently as you all know I fell and broke my ankle and That was a year and three months ago. And uh, it just didn't seem to want to heal right or anything. And I just, I said, God, you know, I know that you're the healer and I'm just going to stand in faith. And I went to the doctor and uh, because the swelling wasn't going down very well and he said, well, it's just going to take two years. And I said, I don't agree. I said, I am not going to believe that. (laughs) And I went home and then I came last Sunday. (laughs) And Jim Hawkins called us up. So I came up, and guess who started walking across? And I have no cane. It's at home. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And then he said something about sharing your blessings. And somebody got uh, prayed for for their bones in their ankle. And as we were getting ready to leave, I walked over and I said, I want some. <laughs> and they are still cracking a little, but not anywhere near like they were before. And my other testimony here was when, oh, how many weeks ago? It's been maybe a couple, a month and a half. And pastor was getting ready to preach and he said, okay, who's got a problem with their right arm? Well, ever since that, I had the broken ankle. I've had to use walkers, canes, wheelchairs, everything. So it pretty much ruined my right shoulder. And I went to the doctor. He said, well, it looks like you've got a torn rotor cuff. I said, okay. I'm going home and pray. So I went home and prayed and everything. And it's very painful. And pastor said, somebody has a problem with their right shoulder. And I'm sitting over there. And he walked over there and laid his hands on it. Well, I had a doctor's appointment the next day. I have no torn rotor cuff anymore.
10: Well, I want some of what you got. Yeah. I want to preface what I have to say, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. It's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. I learned how to climb up on that cross and be crucified with Christ. I learned who I was in Christ. I learned that I'm the head, and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. My family is extremely dark. I was assaulted in 2000. I've had 23 surgeries. Everything is replaced. I'm pretty much biotic. Most of the women have died of cancer or have cancer. My sister passed last year. I've had my mammogram every year, and most of them have double mastectomies and had it in their 40s, and I'll be 65 in June. And I thought, praise the Lord, hallelujah. At least I'm great, you know? No cancer, no cancer. Praise you, Jesus. I had a bad mammo come back this year, and it was suspicious. And I went in and had a second mammo. And he told me, well, it's not really presenting like cancer. We could come back in six months and revisit it. And because of the family history, I said, no, I want it out now. Whatever it is, I want it gone, I want it out. Take it out of me. And so we did a biopsy. I went through surgery. They put me under. They took it out. I have a four-inch scar. And I was waiting for the doctor. I think it was on a Friday, a Thursday or a Friday. I can't remember now. But I was waiting on the doctor. And someone mentioned on Facebook, well, you know, you can go to the portal and see your reports pretty much before you have your doctor's appointment. I went, okay. So I went to the portal and this is what it said. And I guess I should preface this as well by saying that I went to war. A lot of you went to war with me. When I got the notice to get the second mammo, it was a sock in the stomach. It took the breath out of me because of family history. I went, "No, not after 23 surgeries, after what everything I've been through, I will not." go by breast cancer. I will not, I will not, I will not. Satan, you're a liar. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And God deposited into his account righteousness through the gift of faith. I said, God, I need my account so full and fat and wealthy right now. I believe you with everything that's in me. I believe you that I will not go like this. I will not. Uh, So we went into our family, my two daughters and I went into spiritual warfare but I couldn't leave my bed for a minute and Mela brought home a prayer cloth. She came to Sunday night church, you guys prayed over my prayer cloth and I plastered that inside my bra and my (laughs) Booby <laughs> and went to bed and I slept with it and I just smile. I'm like, God, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. This is going to be okay. And this is what it read. It read negative for atypical ductal hyperplasia or carcinoma. Calcifications present in in association with focal fat necrosis. (laughs) And my body will dissolve them. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Oh, you want that? (laughs) I'll take that if you want me to. Oh, can I say one more thing? Okay, one more. Real quick. I have five referrals to five surgeons right now. Will you all pray for me real quick? Okay. Praise the
0: Lord. Joe, what do you want us to pray? All right, overhaul. Use the microphone. All right, overhaul. Praise the Lord. Stand up, stretch your hands out here. Judy, come on. Jonathan, come on. She said she wanted some of that. Amen let her have some of that glory to god father we thank you right now in the name of the lord jesus christ of nazareth we thank you that by jesus stripes we are healed we thank you we release anointing into her body right now thank you lord from the top of her head the soles of her feet to the tip of her toes god every fiber of her being we thank you lord we thank you Just like you're no respecter of persons, you're no respecter of sickness or disease. And so, Father, what you've done for others, what you've done in her body already, uh, God, we thank you that you are doing to bring about a healing, but I thank you also a cure. God, that there's a supernatural cure working in her. That it's not from here to there or that thing or this thing added, brought back again, but I thank you a healing and a cure in her body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hundred percent whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You can be seated.
11: Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so uh twenty nineteen I broke my foot. I didn't think it was that big of a a deal uh until i went to a specialist found out that i broke the the talus bone um and uh, joint fluid was pouring into there i had no cartilage left and i had torn every single ligament in my foot three of them to the point where they were completely gone so now i have parachute cord in my foot um a little bit bionic you know not as much as others um so after that surgery, I was not healing very well, and they drilled holes into my foot to try and get it to, to heal better, it didn't. Um, and I went back to the doctor, he said, your, your foot is not the way it's supposed to be. We're gonna to need to do another surgery, otherwise your foot's gonna deteriorate, you have no cartilage, and you're gonna not be able to walk. And I had to make a decision And I talked with Pastor Mark about this decision, too, um, because I had a workman's comp claim open because it happened at work. Um, And we just decided, like, I'm going to be in faith and I'm going to we're going to close this claim and I'm not going to have an appointment. But (laughs) (laughs) sorry, it was my decision. Um, But i just struggled man and i tell you what like i felt like i had like a foot transplant like my foot didn't feel like my foot like oh i'd wake up in the morning i'm like this is not my foot and it would hurt i worked with a lot of people Tiffany, christy being two of them i would go to them and see them and they would just help me um but so anyways we were in the jim hockaday meetings and he prays over my foot i wasn't even gonna come up for prayer because i was just being an idiot and just like i'm just gonna deal with it so he called me up and he prayed over me and like man like, instantaneously, my foot, like, it just, like, felt like my foot again. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I, I, I feel connected to this again. And that week, like, I was, like, running. I was working here um, with a company, and I was, I was here for pretty, like, on my feet every day. And I was just, like, running back and forth. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good even right now. Like, worship is hard sometimes, and I'll jump up on stage. I'm like, yeah. And afterwards, I'll be like, oh, my. But, man, like, the power of God came on me and healed me. And my foot is whole. My foot is better. Um, so the, the other thing that was cool about that is what he said is when he brought me up there, he said, you're going to have a, a healing anointing. You're going to have fire in your hands. Well, what he didn't know, but what the Holy Spirit knew is that when I was younger, I had that, um, that fire. And we would be in youth group, and all of a sudden, I'd get the burning in my hands. My youth pastor would notice it, and he'd say, hey, you need to pray over people. And we would pray over, I would pray over people, and we would see people get healed. I mean, I remember praying over a kid's broken wrist. And verified by x-rays and like we heard snap crack and and like we would see miracles and every time I'd get the burning I would know well 2014 um in October uh I'm at a men's conference with my dad we're sitting there t- uh in the teaching and I feel the burning like like uncontrollable and the Holy Spirit says you pray for your dad right now I didn't because I was ashamed and embarrassed of making a scene and I, I didn't do that. A few weeks later, my dad has a heart attack in the middle of the night, and he, and he, and he dies. I'm in the room trying to give him CPR and thinking, where's the fire? Like, I, ha- I don't have the fire, God. He's going away in the ambulance. I'm thinking, where's the fire? Um, and so we process his death, and I hear a voice, which I didn't really know what it was, but I kind of thought it was God, and said, I can't trust you with this gift anymore. I'm taking it from you. And from 2014 until last week, I had never, ever felt the fire again. And I carried a heavy, heavy burden and a heavy weight, feeling responsible for that. And then, so when he prayed over me, God told me in that moment, he said, you've never lost the fire. You were believing a lie. And that came back that night. And like, man, I believe that God's going to use me in, in ways that he hasn't before. And so, this was cool because this all happened in this, in this one week. And then Pastor Mark was saying in our staff meeting, he said, you know, pray that God would use you in someone's life each and every day. And so, I, I took my mom out to dinner and I was telling her a story that happened 12 years ago about I, I was witnessing to a person on an airplane. And the rest of the airplane proceeded to attack me on the airplane, like, like bashing Christianity and yelling at me. And I'm like, ugh. Anyways, I ended up getting that guy saved, but what really encouraged me is there was a man behind me who was praying for me the whole time. He gave me a note because this guy, this guy took a nap. So I prayed that God would give him a dream. The dude wakes up. Jesus came to him in a dream and told him that he was his Lord. The guy got saved, but the guy behind me gave me a letter and it was a letter of encouragement saying like, I was praying for you the whole time. Like, and his name was Randy Cloud. And so I told my mom that story and she says, you need to reach out to that man. I'm like, you know what, yeah. So after a really extensive Facebook search, I felt like the FBI, I found this guy. And I said, this might sound crazy, but do you remember giving a letter to a young man 12 years ago on an airplane from Tulsa to Denver? He's like, yep, that that was me. And so I just began to tell him like how that encourages me. I read that all the time and it encourages me. And he said, you don't know how perfect your timing is. He goes, I had a heart attack yesterday. And this you reaching out was exactly what I needed. I got to pray for this man. So listen to the spirit of God because he's way smarter than you and he will use you in the lives of others. So that's my three in one.
12: It was beautiful seeing that all over you last week, Jonathan, especially after a few years of working with you. Um, my name's Um, In October, the first of October, um, we went down to Phoenix. My middle daughter got married for the second time, and my husband was so gracious to pay for the whole thing. And so we went down and took care of her. And after the wedding, you know, set up, take down all the kids, and everybody's there. We're at a VRBO, and we're on the lake. And I decided I wanted, like, no people for a little bit. Walked down to the edge of the lake. And there was a paddle boat down there, and I'm like, I'm just going to paddle out in the middle of the lake. Well, okay, it's not really a lake lake. They're gross, right? Anyway, um, I got to the edge. It's about a two-foot, foot-and-a-half, two-foot drop, and I'm like, I'll just, if I step off, I can step off well, and I'll be fine. Unfortunately, when I stepped, there there was rocks on the edge, and they went at the same time, and so I fell. And um, I caught a piece of curved rebar in the side of my neck. And mind you, I've worked in chiropractic for over 40 years and body work, and in healthcare and at the hospital. So when I heard a snap, I know what that means. And it's usually your neck's broken. And all I wanted to do was get out of the gross, stinky water. My neck's not broken. And with what I heard, I knew that that, that was the probable outcome most likely outcome and so yeah cool and I'm here and uh and I wanted to share a testimony from Rylan. he's in Phoenix and um that's our grandson that we've raised and you know we took a kid that we found a couple of times just driving around the streets of Glenwood when we didn't know where he was with his mom and and sitting on a bench you know I don't know if I hope none of you ever have that feeling as a as a parent-grandparent. It's it's horrible and heart-wrenching. But anyway, we've walked with that boy his whole life. And uh, not this last year, but the year before, he had so many attacks um, with head injuries, three that were significant. One that I figured um, he almost hit an embutment coming back on the road from Junction one night. And I thought for sure that, I, that it, I mean, if we went back and looked at it, that he would have been dead if he'd have hit the embutment or critically injured anyway there he is in phoenix doing the work of god he's got young men calling him he is ministering to them in word he's meeting with them he's part of a young men's group where he ministers to them and they minister to him too he's strong in the faith Woo! He's strong in the faith. Reminds me a lot of you, Jonathan. And it's just such a blessing to be able to stand here and say that for a young man that would have been on the streets with guns in their back pockets and, and who even knows what else. But he is a fire for God, and it's a beautiful thing.
0: Amen.
13: Okay, so. I'm going to go back to April 20th of 2014. Um, I had been in drug addiction for 10 years. And my husband and I know each other since we were 14 years old. Um, We went to church because my mom kept telling me, you know who's the only one who could save you? And I'm like, me and him are not in good terms right now. (laughs) So um, that day I I decided to just give her what she wanted just to kind of shut her up. <laughs> um, I went to church, and they did an altar call. Uh, I had been struggling, like I said, with drug addiction for 10 years. Tried to do it on my own, tried to get clean for my son, try to get clean for my mom. Um, I've had a rough childhood, so I, there was a lot of trauma. Um, but I couldn't do it. My mom took me to many therapists, and nothing worked, and so um, I had gone to church before that, and I had heard the word, and I had invited Jesus into my heart, but what I didn't realize is that there's an enemy that comes against us, and so when I got saved the first time, it felt like things got worse, so I kind of got really mad at God. And I was like, okay, well, you're not going to help. So I turned my back. And the day that I showed up to church was Resurrection Sunday of 2014. Um, I told my mom, like, okay, this is, I'm just going to go one time. I don't want you to talk to me about it anymore. Just don't mention it. This is the one time you get, and that's it. Um, My husband and I walk into the church. And the pastor says, I want you guys to turn to Luke 15, the prodigal son. Sorry. <laughs> I knew in that moment that he was speaking to me. <laughs> so as soon as they did the altar care or the altar call, I was the first one up, right? I was like, I'm, I'm there. I came to, I went up to the altar and I said to God, okay, like if you're real, if you really love me the way that they say that you do, take this away from me. That was coming on nine years. Never again have I touched drugs. (laughs) (laughs) He took it in that instant. And everybody that I was angry at, everybody that had hurt me, everybody, every resentment, I felt the love of God just pour on me. And I forgave everybody. I just let everything go, right? And I was, I was healed. So we got baptized on Pentecost, which I didn't. That's a whole different testimony, but I didn't know what Pentecost was. Um, the next week we got married. We drove to Colorado, not knowing where we are coming. Little did I know that I was coming to an amazing church. (laughs) That was... It's my family away from home. So, (laughs) I just want to thank my pastors, because... Our pastors, because they're amazing. And um, and now, my husband and I run a Celebrate Recovery, and we we work with people in addiction. (laughs) And... um, We started our ministry, we work with, I also have a past with homelessness, so um, my heart is for the broken. And so we work with people in homelessness, in addiction, and just this past week, we took a trip to New Mexico because we got a call from the jail where we were inmates last time, (laughs) like 10 years ago, and um, we did a training So with that, I feel like it was just an open door to start ministering into the jails. And um, we got to walk through the same place where we used to walk when we were broken. And now we get to go and take the word. And it's all because of our pastors, because they, they equip us. I always tell them, I thank you guys because you guys feed us. And you guys fill us up, and it overflows to everybody around us, our children and the, the people that we meet. So um, that's my testimony.
14: Um, I have a lot of testimonies, but I'm not going to share them all. Our life dramatically changed when Jack and I started coming to New Creation Church. And we, had, um, we only had do we have two kids at the time. Yeah, we had two. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and our three of our four have had a lot of health challenges, and so being in the Word helped us to stand and continue to see changes over the years. We saw lots of things that doctors said we our children would have that never came to pass. And then we also had some bumps in the road that um, God walked us through, and our pastors through their teaching. And this last year... Um, we had a bump in the road. We had a few. <laughs> um, and I was actually, I had been living out of state um, with Lainey. She was doing some medical treatment. Um, and I'd been back. I was helping take care of a friend. And so I was actually in town. And I was just thankful for that, that God's really good that way. And I, since I'd been out of town and Jack had been home with the kids, I ran to the grocery store because Carly said, Oh, we have his meat. I'm like, Yeah, it's your dad. <laughs> so. <laughs> I went to the store to get other food besides meat, Um, and when I came home, I was putting our groceries away, and I heard a really bad sound um, in the bedroom. I was actually sending out a prayer request for somebody else, and I just heard a really yicky sound, um, like the death rattle if you've ever been with somebody when they've died. And I thought it was my kids, and I was kind of short, on nerves, so I I yelled at them, (laughs) because I'm a great mom. I only yell when it's necessary. And there was no response. And so I was irritated because it didn't stop. And so I pushed in JC's door, and there JC was on her bed. And she was the color of Jonathan's sweatshirt. And she's starting to foam at her mouth a little bit. And she didn't have a pulse, and she wasn't breathing. And so I hollered at Carly to call 911. And she called 911 and handed me the phone and I gave her my phone and I said, call Pastor Mark and Tasha and get the church to pray. Um, and so they walked me through what to do, which was just, it feels like time was standing still, and got her off the bed and tried to do all that. Started compressions and by her 18th compression, um, she started breathing lightly. My mom had gotten there at that time, my mom's a, an RN. And so she took over, and by then we had probably 10 EMTs in our house. She was still unresponsive. They weren't able to get an IV. She was still unresponsive when they left our house, and she was still unresponsive in the ambulance. Before I got her off the bed, the only thing I did was plead the blood. I, didn't, I couldn't even think. I couldn't even count. The guy had to count for me. All I did was plead the blood. And we got to the hospital, and she came to at the hospital. They did all her tests. There's no organ damage. Um, and I, and she's, like, totally fine. She started having some seizures after that, um, grandmas that we're still, we have been working through. She hasn't had one for, since February. We're a year seizure-free, praise God. And now um, I would say our greatest hurdle after that was fear. And because of her stopping breathing. It's super rare that that happens. It took us, me, about a week to two weeks to get a grip on that. And it wasn't even me, the Holy Spirit's so sweet. Um, we had monitors, because the doctors had us put monitors in her room and do all this stuff. And so I'm like, I feel like I'm a lunatic. Like, I couldn't sleep, you can't rest. She was in our bed for a week, you know, on our floor for weeks and you hear anything, you're like, doing all this? Um, and it was about the second week, and just the scripture that rose up in my heart was, "He, it's the Holy Spirit, he's with us wherever we go. He will never leave her, and he will never forsake her. And so I was thinking about that, and I'm like, you know what, this is insane. We are acting like lunatics, and I'm like, you know what? We threw away all our monitors, we put her back in her room, and I said, Holy Spirit, if you need to wake me up, you will wake me up, and I'll go in there. And you know what, I've never had to get woken up. She's doing great, and now... We're working on her, we'll see the doctor at the end of this year to evaluate her meds. Um, she believes she's healed, but she's, she's afraid to stop her meds right now. And JC's 13, so that's okay. And like we're, we're in agreement that I know the Holy Spirit will give her that confidence when it's time because he hasn't given her a spirit of fear, but also, too, it's there's a a balance when it's you and your kids, and I want to honor her faith, too. Um, And so God did a miracle there. And then in May, while I was at Miss Tony's house, I got a call from the school that my Carly, who has a latex allergy, they had balloons at the school, and Carly didn't know. And she had a breathing issue. And... um, in the hall, And her throat started swelling shut. She has a latex allergy. And so Tony and I just prayed. We got to the school, and her auction was in the 70s when I got there. Um, but it didn't turn into the anaphylactic reaction. And I'm like, which is so, like, glory to God. So prayer
15: is powerful. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Okay, so... Um, Thanks, Paige. Um, I kind of found out tonight was testimony night, and someone already came up to me and said, are you going to give me your testimony? And I was like, no. Yes. And then Paige said, aren't you going to get up and do your testimony suddenly? And then I got that welling up, and I'm like, oh, great, here we go. <laughs> I have to get up. So I have a ton of them. Um, I mean, first of all, I have to say yes, thanks to Pastor Mark and Tasha for your faithfulness, because... I came to know the Lord here, and it's been the best decision of my life. And it's the greatest love story that I could ever have. Um, But the entire, like, ten years that I came here before I left for a short time in Grand Junction and came back, I was in a horrific marriage, and it was walking with God and the Savior every day. And so many people surrounded me, and... I didn't know a lot what was going on, but um, what I'm going to get to is that really my testimony around my husband today. Um, years had passed after we had we my husband and I, my ex husband and I had split, um, and I was following the Lord faithfully, and I honestly had believed a lie that there was no one out there for me. And he started working with my heart, and um, he said, well, what if, what if I have someone for you? And I was like, okay. Um, So I just remember that night that I just said, fine, you know what, if you do, you bring him, because I'll be open, but I'm not looking. Like, I'm good being single, (laughs) like, this is a good thing for me, and um which you guys all know, Jerry popped up unexpectedly in Messenger. And at the time, um, I was very happy just being single and on my own. And he was like, hey, would you, you know, want to go out sometime? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> so his his side of it was that um, I pretty much told him that he had to apply for friendship, which he did. So he would... He would drive down and just meet with me and we would go out. Um, so I guess the real like the real part of it with the Holy Spirit and how he shows up in it all, which was great, he's always there. But um, it was my birthday. I had never told him, and he went jeeping, and I really wanted to go, but I wasn't gonna lay that on him, like, because that would be a lot of pressure. So he didn't take me, but when he was driving home, he, he called, and he was like, so what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, well, I'm with my family. And he's like, what are you doing? What do you mean? And I'm like, well, we're celebrating my birthday. He's like, it's your birthday? <laughs> How did I not know this? Um, anyways, like the night went on, and that night I was talking with the Lord, and he told me that Jerry would deliver something to my door. And I got really excited because it's the Holy Spirit, you know? And I didn't know what it was or anything, and I was thinking, there's no way. This guy has just gone from Moab to Glenwood. Why would he come all the way back to Grand Junction? And by the way, it's 9 o'clock at night. So you know that feeling when you're a kid that it's Christmas Eve, and you just know? And you're like, oh, I'm going to get something good tomorrow? (laughs) So I went to bed. I had a really hard time going to bed that night. But um, the second I got up, I I hit the floor, and I went running for the door because I just knew. And I open the door and I'm looking everywhere and in the corner is this little sack. And so I just knew it. He had, he had something good for me. So he thinks it's super cheesy, but it's probably the one of the best gifts I got. And that's because he was faithful. He, right then my heart opened to him. And God poured into me so much love for him because he showed me his heart And guys, it was just, and it's the most amazing thing, I still have it, but I'm not a sentimental person, but it's literally peach jam. This little candy dispenser, monkey dispenser, that he keeps saying he got for Aria, but I'm keeping it. Um, And on just a scribbled piece of paper, he just like, he scribbled down, like, it's your birthday, I wanted you to have something special, I'm so sorry, this is the most ridiculous thing. And then he proceeded to say the Holy Spirit prompted me three times that night. So I had to get up and go to every gas station he could find in the middle of the night, trying to find me something that wasn't stupid in his eyes. And he kept the whole night trying to fight with the Holy Spirit of, I'm not going to do this. This is the most retarded thing. She's going to think I'm stupid. But it was right then that I went, wow, you're faithful. And you restore, because I had been standing in that for so long, faithful, in my last marriage. And it, when it broke, guys, I just I just thought, this is it. Like, why? And when he had done that, like, he restored so much in me just through someone being faithful. And... Um, yeah, there's a ton more after that. Jerry's just an amazing man. But yeah, God's awesome. <laughs>
0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So we gotta go quick. We have
15: I didn't want to come up here, but the Holy Spirit told me I had to. So <laughs> but I just wanna say it was such a powerful testimony. I had a cyst that was twenty-seven centimeters. My brother got the whole like people around the church to pray. And I thought I was going to die. And I didn't die. And God's like, I got you. And my bad dream didn't happen. I didn't die. I feel the fire of God right now. Um, And then it was like he put, he's like, I'm going to restore you. Like, I'm going to do amazing things. I saw golden sunset after golden sunset. And yeah, God is like amazing. (laughs) So Yeah, I'm so blessed that God cares and doesn't forget about me.
6: So (laughs) that's all. So, um, for a good amount of time now, I've had some really questioning, like, heart issues, and I had no idea where they came from, because I'm 20 years old, I shouldn't be dealing with anything with my heart, and it would just be, like, insane heart palpitations, I'd stand up, and i feel like I'd pass out, or I would literally just be laying in bed, and it would just be, like, beating so hard, um... Take my breath away. It was terrifying. And um, a couple weeks ago, we were in New Mexico, and we were all just sitting at the table. And I like picked my head up because I was looking down at my phone, and I picked my head up, and I just like it got super dizzy, and like I felt my heart just like pounding, like and I'd never felt it this intense in my entire life, and I was freaking out. Everybody there at the table was like, "You just went pale," and I was like, "I don't feel good. Like I got." so hot i was like sweating and came back home and i was like i need to go to like a doctor or something like i need to get this figured out i went to our chiropractor before we were going to go to the regular doctor and he adjusted my heart with everything that was going on and um i hadn't had any like heart palpitations afterwards and then it was still like questionable i was like just expecting it to happen like just sitting there like oh like, I should be feeling like not good right now. And then I got prayed for. And from then, I haven't had one heart palpitation. And I just felt completely fine.
0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know there's more testimonies. I want to thank you all. That was a lot of testimonies. And you all kept it brief, and you honored the other person who had a testimony. And so I know all of you could have gone on longer because God's just done so many awesome things. But I appreciate you keeping it short and concise. Uh, And again, for every parent here, listen to me closely. When you go to pick up your children, rave over the children's workers. Thank them, thank them, thank them, thank them. Uh, because we're about 40 minutes over time, and they are watching and ministering to your kids. So don't just go pick them up and grab them. Make sure you tell them thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, you know, uh, praise the Lord with what God did at the beginning where we could just worship Him in uh, His holy presence, to acknowledging all the good things that He's done. And if you're sitting here going, man, I wish God would do something for me, just know that for every person who said that, whether it was uh, something God did emotionally, physically, uh, in a situation in their life with their family, whatever it was, if, he, if that's what you're looking for and say, will God do that for me? He absolutely will, because if he did it for one, he'll do it for all. We want to glorify God in that. So why don't you stand up? Again, we, wanna, uh, again, we may do this again. Uh, if you don't know, if you're watching online, go onto our website. Share your story. Give your testimony. Uh, Again, I just trust I want this to be glorifying God. Oh, yeah. Or you can text testimony to our uh, text number, the same number that you give on but text testimony, and then that'll go right there, and you can give your testimony. We'll put those together really like a book of remembrance to glorify God. And so if you didn't have that today, but anyway, thank you for the ones who did share that. And uh, let's say this. We go, what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds. Any damage done to me by Adam's fall be dismissed. Make it a great week.